What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Under the Hood with John the Hood podcast. I'm Jay Hood, along with my crazy cousin, Cousin Wiley. Cuzzo, good to see you, sir. How are you? How's it going, Cuzzo? How, how's everything with you? How was, your, uh, how was your week? Uh, our week was good. We were off last week because I uh, did a little traveling. I mean, Valparaiso is not really traveling, but when you're covering the UIC Flames, it's just trying to figure out how the Flames could get a victory at some point soon. Uh, we're going through a free fall right now, but um, that was cool. Went to Nashville over the weekend as well. UIC played Belmont. I learned some things about Belmont University. Mm. If you do some Google searches, you know, there's uh, it's interesting. Okay. Right there, right there around campus is where slaves were held. Right there in, in, in Belmont, or in that in that same vicinity, in that area. And it is a oh, tourist a, attraction in Nashville. Yes, it is. Yeah. I don't know that's, if you were aware of that. Did you did you, were you aware of this? I was I was not, but that's uh that's one of to-do lists. <laughs> <laughs> it's places to see, but I didn't know that at the time. I'm just like, okay, I mean it was fine. Um, but good to, it was good to be in like six, 65 degree weather and um and but it rained the entire time. But you know okay. what? I just I went to the parking lot and I just I just uh, stood out there and just let the rain just fall on me. 65 degrees, 25 degrees warmer than Chicago. I just let it rain on me. Just go, like go ahead, just rain on me. I bet. Yeah, yeah so that, definitely that was better cool. than uh than what we had going on here. No question. You tell me about you. What is going on with you lately? So, just uh same old same old. Uh Finishing up some uh, some some projects, uh, kids, kids, kids. Uh, oh, so because she, I'm pretty sure she watches still. So I went to uh, I went to my brother-in-law's mother's funeral last week. Uh-huh. So uh, go to the funeral last week, and I get a text message. I'm on my way there. Someone's like text me like, "Are you coming?" Um, it's it's Sonia. So he texts me, "Are you coming?" So I say, "Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm on way. I'm. I'm coming." So get there. You know, she, she's happy to see me. Just great, uh, even though it's a funeral. So we're leaving. She's like, "Walk me to my car." So I walk into a car hood, and as I'm walking, walking to a car, uh, she's like, "Well, I had to drive my husband's car because of whatever, whatever." But she goes into the back seat hood. She comes out. With with the with the bag and said this is for you, so, you know because of our family, anyone knows the way to our heart is with alcohol, you know. Yes. And <laughs> she comes out with a with a a bag and inside the bag there was a a box with Johnny Walker Blue Label, so she shows up to a funeral thinking of me with a three hundred dollar bottle of alcohol. You know, just just because. So I want to say definitely thank you, Sonia, for for that gesture. It's it's greatly appreciated. And uh, you know, I will put that uh Johnny Walker to, to great use. I can guarantee you that. You know, she's never that kind to me, uh, Sonia. Uh <laughs> like if she would, it would be like a gallon of old Taylor. It would never be a three hundred dollar bottle of Johnny Walker. Like what, Sonia? Like what about me? What about me? Like like where's my bottle? Like I'm happy for you, Cuzzo, that you're able to get one. But the idea that that she gives you one, and I'm I'm over here with nothing. I got water. 
I got I got nothing. <laughs> like that's that ain't right. That ain't right at all. But I'm glad you got your. Have you opened the seal yet? I, I have not. So uh, I'm going to uh, christen the bottle. Um, so so I, I want to definitely uh, definitely open it up really soon because you know it has to breathe a little bit. I want to let it breathe and then you know and then soak it all in. So. Yeah, yeah. I bet you do soak it all in. Soak it oh, all yeah. in at one time. This is so ridiculous. I, I, now listen. Now Rocky is not ready. No, now why is Rocky? Is he whining? He's well, it's Rocky, not his turn yet. Well, Rocky may not get a turn today because Rocky is a uh, Rocky has been a very, very, uh, very active. So what happens a lot of times when a winner is that we don't get the opportunity to go outside and like play the way we will play when the weather is warmer. So mm-hmm. when he can't play, he gets he decides to you know release some of that energy inside the house. So uh, he's always into various things. Um, he didn't like destroy furniture, but he likes to bring items of clothing to places throughout the house. So uh, yeah, we had to uh, put him on a on doggy timeout. So. I'll let Andrew decide if he wants to let him out or not. But okay, we can't we can't have that. Listen, we can't have that whining through this podcast now. So Rocky's gonna have to leave because people are gonna think that you're abusing that dog, and all of a sudden <laughs> you're gonna get a knock at the door, and then you're gonna be arrested like like cops. Okay, so they're gonna come in the house. So Rocky's gonna have to stop before we continue. That Rocky has Andrew, to stop whining. Release him. Release him. I mean, crying and stuff. I mean, it's not even his turn to be on the podcast yet. I mean, just crying like a like a you know like a, someone asking for a dollar in front of the subway downtown. Yeah. So on, yeah, man. that's his uh, that's his go to. He it usually works because there's usually someone who uh, is going to feel bad for him. Like, oh, you know, it's okay. It won't be me, but it'll be usually someone else. Uh, well, no, no. You can, well, you can catch this uh, this podcast. It's available now. Look for Under the Hood with John the Hood wherever you get your podcast. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitch. We're on Facebook as well. If you have any questions or comments, make sure that you leave them so that way we can answer them uh, as we are live here on a, on a Monday. And uh, we also have merchandise as well, Cuzzo. You are wearing the Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood's yes. um, uh, hoodie right now, the Carolina Blue, the very popular Carolina Blue. Yes, the great Carolina Blue. And then we also have, oh, soon to be for Miss February, the, oh. uh, the Under the Hood uh, T-shirt. Get you two. Yes, it's, it smells like the, the lady of the evening. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I should get I should like get What'd you say? It smells like success. Oh. Success. And then also you have the under the hood water bottle. So if you're like me and you know you like a little water, you can use this for that. But if you like most people who really have no use for water, you can put your your pop, not soda. We we it's pop. You can yes. put your pop inside here. You can put a little uh Little little vodka, little orange juice, have yourself a screwdriver, you know, while you're at work, you know, looking productive. And 
whatever you want to put it, you can dress it up. The, the best thing about this is that it's going to stay cold no matter how long you leave it in there. When you come back to it, it's going to be cold, which is we love items that are cold. So get yourself yes. another hook, water bottle. And then, you know, it's, we're still in the winter months. And, you know, you wake up most mornings, you're, you're a little groggy, you're dragging, you know, you get your, you get your morning coffee. And with your morning coffee, you usually like to have a little, little bourbon, a little yes. whiskey, a flash of something, you know, to, you know, get your juices flowing in the morning or get your juices flowing at night, too. Uh, <laughs> so, yes. you know, get yourself another hood tumbler. Mine came with lots of cash. Like I said, where I cannot guarantee you that yours will come with lots of cash, but it may. So get yourself two just in case. Yes, and and Cuzzo's already in the in the sauce, so don't worry about that. It's it's always filled with something. So always remember, we have all that merchandise available right now. If you're watching on on the video, we've got the link tree right there for you. Just make sure you uh, go to our link tree. It's got the podcast. It's everything that we do here at Under the Hood. It's available now. Podcast merchandise and everything else. Well, I mean, um, you know, but you know, you know, one thing, Wiley, um, jet lag is actually a real thing. Jet lag's really a real thing, and here's why. So Sunday, I came back from Nashville, and you know we got back like in the middle of the, the early afternoon because I want to make sure we got in t- in time to be able to watch the NFC and AFC championship games. And so I'm watching the Chiefs and the Ravens. There isn't a lot of action going on, and there's nothing like saying, "Okay, I'm locked in. I'm locked in." And all of a sudden, you just start nodding off a little bit. You know, just like, is it me getting older? Is that is jet lag when they said jet lag? Is it a real thing? And it's not even a, a long trip, though. That was about, that was under two hours. Um, it's usually a little bit less than that, but there was some, some rain and some inclement weather there, so we had to sit on the tarmac for a little bit. But, I mean, jet lag is a real thing, is it not? So, I'm sure it is, but I think part of that, too, was for you, you've been going, like, all week. You know, you're like – as I say, a lot of times you're the hardest working man in showbiz. So you're constantly going, you're doing some shows, some podcasts, you know, you're calling some game and you're doing it around the clock. So your body at some point is like, Hey, you know, we need some rest. So one way or another, your body's going to make you, you know, shut it down. So in this case, probably was just, you know, bad timing, you know, um, <laughs> along with just a long ass week or so long ass schedule in general. So, Probably your body just shutting down for a little bit. Like, hey, need to recharge this battery real quick. So, I know you want to watch this game, but uh, let's power down real quick and get you uh, up and running again for uh, for the uh, the Forty Niners and Lions games that evening. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs and Ravens was first, and so there wasn't a lot of action there. That's why you you DVR these just in case, right? You DVR, you DVR these just in case you might nod off a little bit at halftime. Uh, but it was all good though. I really enjoyed what I saw this weekend. Let's delve into the the first game, the Chiefs and the Ravens. Okay. So the first thing I look at is you got Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. And I'm watching this game and I thought I thought Baltimore would win. And the reason why I thought Baltimore was win is because I thought Kansas City's luck would run out. You're playing okay. on the road a couple times. And I said, ah, you know what? I think Baltimore can be able to win by th- by three, six points, something like that. 
and so I'm watching this and I'm thinking, you know, Lamar Jackson is going to be able to do just enough to get past the Chiefs. And after this game is over, I'm just telling you, I'm not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes again. I mean, he can lose and I won't bet against him because we're looking at the very best right now. We wondered who could replace Tom Brady as the best. We're seeing uh, Lamar Jackson against Patrick Mahomes and Mahomes and that defense and um, the offensive weapons did enough to beat Baltimore. So I was I, I picked the Chiefs to win, but it wasn't because I thought the Chiefs had a better team. I actually thought the Ravens had the better team. It was just the thinking of I don't want to bet against Lamar Jackson in this game because one looking I'm not Lamar bet against Patrick Mahomes because he usually finds a way unless he's facing Tom Brady. He usually finds a way to win. You know, he always finds a way to win. So it was just that thinking of, ah, I know Lamar Jackson is at home. He has a better team. Uh, but I think I think Mahomes will find a way to win. And I don't know if it was as much of Mahomes as it was. Uh, we were all texting during the game as well. Is it mm-hmm. was Todd Munkin. Like, that game plan offensively was just horrendous. You know, you had – you had the Chiefs blitzing like almost every single play and every route was downfield. There's no there's no time for those routes to develop. There's no time for those routes to develop because there's a blitz. So there has to be something short. There has to be some slant, some, something crossing, crossing the quarterback's eye so he can get rid of the ball. And you had Mahomes constantly trying to um trying constantly trying to buy time. And it wasn't it wasn't working well for him. And I know the narrative was that he choked, and it was a bad interception in the end zone. It was, but he drove them downfield. What should have been a, a short touchdown, um, but Flowers fumbled the ball. If Flowers doesn't fumble the ball, it's a different game because the Chiefs were having a difficult time moving the ball the entire second half. But uh, overall, I thought it was a great game. And uh, I think you'll see Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes probably with a a mixture of Burrow for the next five-plus years. So that's good to see. Well, here's you're looking at a two-time MVP in Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson, looking at his official numbers, 20 for 37, Good for 272 yards and a touchdown interception. Okay, so from Lamar Jackson's standpoint, what he had to deal with was a strong defense by the Kansas City Chiefs. I want to give them their props because I know everything is about Mahomes, and rightfully so, I get that. But I thought that the defensive scheme that they were able to dial up to make sure they stopped the running game. Baltimore usually averages, Cuzzo, over 100 yards rushing on a regular basis. Not in this situation. Not in this situation. What happened was is that Baltimore only rushed the ball 81 yards. Lamar had 54 of those. So the defensive scheme was great for them. When Baltimore is shut out for three quarters, they only had a field goal in that fourth quarter. That When you do that against Lamar Jackson and Baltimore, a team that was on a real strong pace in the regular season, people forget Baltimore wasn't just some team. Baltimore was a team that that beat the Dolphins 56-19. They beat the 49ers 33-19. Uh, the same team that, that beat the Bengals 34-20. They beat 
you know, teams like the Seahawks, 37 to three, they beat the brakes off all these, uh, I think good quality teams. And when you are only get down to 10 points and, and you can, uh, and you couldn't move the ball, that says a lot for the Kansas City defense. So Lamar Jackson and, and I believe that the offensive play calling has to be better. There's no doubt. But, I mean, give all the credit in the world to uh, the Chiefs and what they were able to do. No, I, I agree. The Chiefs' defense, their scheme was great. But but it's – and I know it's like one of those things where, like, stop blaming coaching. You know, the players play the game. You know, superstars are supposed to overcome whatever – coaching deficiencies they may they may have but to me to your point for a team who rushes the ball so well it was it was glaring to see only eight rushing attempts only eight rushing attempts yeah. you know like like Lamar Jackson made the other three happen on his own just through scrambling from uh you know and passing downs but only eight actual rushing attempts you can't have that against a team who struggles against the run the Chiefs struggled stopping a run, and Todd Monkey was like, hey, you know what? We're going to pass the ball. But we're not just going to pass the ball. We're going to call all deep passing routes in the face of a blitz. And we're going to expect you to beat that blitz, you know, on a go route. It's not going to work. It's not mm-hmm. going to work against an elite secondary. So, well, I, I think that on in some cases, Lamar Jackson missed some, some gimmies. There were some gimmies he missed. I think overall, if I'm placing blame for that game, it's the un- the players that were undisciplined. So uh, Harbaugh gets blamed because his team was undisciplined the entire game. Like too many personal foul penalties. And, and then that the game plan from uh, Todd Munkin, yeah. where you're not, run- you're not running the ball. You got Flowers just undisciplined and fumbling the ball. And then – Maybe I get to Lamar Jackson when we about the fourth or fifth person on the list of of, of person who gets to share of the blame. But there was there wasn't to me as much choking as it was a team that wasn't prepared for the moment. And I think and that's you, but but you asked the question, but you asked the question how, right? How does that happen? In this scenario, you have a two-time MVP and Lamar Jackson. You have a team that's that is on the on a roll. And somehow, some way, this is the time you at, that you want to fuck up. Now's the time. Look, you're going to win and lose games. But I really yeah. believe that Baltimore gave that game away as much as Kansas City beat them because Absolutely. of what you just laid out. Zay Flowers, for Zay Flowers, five receptions, 115 yards, and a touchdown. There's three things that stood out. One, dude is taunting, right? So he gets this big play from Lamar Jackson, big-time reception. And he, and he looks down at, at his defender and spins the ball. You know that's taunting, one. Two, where he fumbles the ball right there at the goal line, an opportunity for um, for Flowers to score, and he fumbles right at the goal line, so that becomes a touchback. And then he gets pissed off, and he hurts his hand because yes. he's, so, he's so mad about what happened. He injures his hand, and he's, and he's bleeding from the palm. And so that's frustrating. Lamar Jackson throwing his helmet because he's so pissed off. You're like, all this worked in the regular season. What happened in this game? The biggest moment, the personal foul penalties. You're trying to go after Patrick Mahomes. It's kind of like, what was Van Noy thinking in that spot? So it just, uh, to me, Cuzzo, it's like everything imploded in the worst opportunity. It's Patrick Mahomes. You have to keep your poise. You're at home. You've had a good season. 
why do that now? That's the thing I just don't understand. Again, we'll take your comments, put it, uh, put your comments in on Facebook or YouTube or Twitch, and we'll uh, read your comments as we move forward. But I just, I never, un- I don't understand that. Now, by the way, because of this, cuz I'm not going to, um, you know, look at Patrick Mahomes any differently than I always have. This guy here is a special player. We yes. thought after Tom Brady, what happens to the NFL? Who's going to be able to lead it? Can you think about what the Chiefs have accomplished? We are watching a dynasty right here. Patrick Mahomes went 2-0 on the road. He had never played a road playoff game prior to the, to the 2023 divisional playoffs. Kansas City was underdogs the last two weeks, and now they're the defending champions to win multiple games as a betting underdog in a single postseason. Think about it. They were underdogs twice. Twice they were underdogs, and they found a way to win. And 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 it goes to your point of how special he is, like a Tom Brady, possibly better than Brady. I mean, he has you know longevity matters, so he has to do some work, but possibly better than a Brady. Because if you look at talent wise, you could argue, and probably correctly argue, the Bears have more offensive talent than the Chiefs. And Chief does right now. He's he's the exception to that. You know, he's the exception. He makes a shit offense work. It's a shit offense. You have old man Kelsey. He's he's moving like you know he's uh he's on his last legs. This may be it. If this isn't it next year, it's definitely it for him. He doesn't have much left in the, in the tank. Um or she's draining the tank. <laughs> she's, <possibly> dra- <laughs> she's she's draining the tank. You know, uh, we have a picture. Mickey we have said a, we, have a, we have a picture of of, of uh, this lady here that he's been with Taylor Swift. Um, so th- th- it's, that's not what you said is not true. By the way, it, it is. Said, if, no, it's not true. If you're, if, no, no. If you're a no. Rocky, if you're a Rocky fan, you know what, what Mickey Mickey said. Mickey said women weaken legs. So if you if you look at at Travis Kelsey's legs, they look weaker than they, they looked last year. It's, and I can only blame Tay Tay for it. You know, Taylor Swift oh. is, you know, I know Swifties may come for you now. I apologize, but uh, it's come probably for me. <laughs> come for me. You the one said it. This, it, it, it. Just because you look, you know, you, we look similar facially and you got a beard, that doesn't mean I said, I didn't say that. You said that. Here, but, here's the point. Here's the point. Okay. Let's go back to your Bears point. Your Bears point is incorrect. It's not even not, – it's not that I disagree. It's incorrect. Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Fame tight end. Do the Bears have a Hall of Fame tight end? They do not. The, the, you look at Marquez Van, uh, Valdez-Scantling. You look at Isaiah Pacheco, Rashi Rice. What I'm saying is, is that the Bears have one re- reliable receiver. Kansas City is part of this offense, and whether or not you think the system is great or not, that system works because of Patrick Mahomes. They're actually, Kansas City has more weapons than Tom Brady did in most years. Tom Brady got the garbage man, the accountant, the bum on the street, and won Super Bowls because of it. I'm just telling you. Yeah. Like, that's no, the no, difference. No, no he, he, he did, but, but, but I don't disagree that the Bears don't have a Hall of Fame player maybe on the roster offensively, but I'm looking at – a Travis Kelsey who's on the back nine of his career, you know, like he, he may have a couple more holes left, you know, it, when it comes to his career. So when I'm, when I'm comparing his talent right now to that of DJ Moore's, I think DJ Moore is equally a, a 
quality player or on the level of where he is today. Not career-wise, just today. Like, if you told me if I could have – if you if I wanted DJ Moore or Travis Kelsey to run routes today, not, not for a career, just today, I think DJ Moore will probably get open more than Travis Kelsey today. I think Cole Komet is a – it's an up-and-coming tight end. Obviously, he's no, nowhere near uh, Travis Kelsey's level, but I think it's an up-and-coming tight end. I think Rasheed Rice, I don't know. I, like, like that's – He's has, just a guy. He's just he a guy. He has potential. There's potential yeah. there. But, like, we saw this year Mahomes putting balls in the perfect spot, and you have the MVSs dropping the ball. You have – the Watsons dropping the ball. You have players who are who are put in position to win games and they can't catch easy passes. So I think because Mahomes is so great, and to your point, I don't, I'm not sure if that's Brady level yet, because like to your point, Brady did play with you and I. He, they put you and I out there and said, go run a route. Right. And we he won Super Bowls with, with us running routes. But I think when you when, to the point where you hear people say oh, Mahomes is only winning because he had he's around great players, he's but he may win two Bowls in a row, and the best player on his team was the only star on his team was Travis Kelsey, and an aging star at that. So at some point you can't say Mahomes is just great because of the talent. No, Mahomes is great because Mahomes has you know generational talent like. I don't remember young. I don't remember young Dan Marino, because I hear a lot of people say Dan Marino's like the the greatest quarterback of all time, but he doesn't have rings. Yes, I can't imagine. I don't remember young Dan Marino. I, I have never seen. You know, I love Tom Brady, favorite athlete of all time. Mm-hmm. I have never seen a player play at the level of Patrick Mahomes at all. Never seen a quarterback play at the level of Patrick Mahomes ever. You know, and he has a he has a long way to go to catch Brady when it comes to goat talk, but he's well on his way if he can just sustain the level of success he's had over his first six seven years in the league. I'm so happy for Mahomes, and I'm not a Kansas City Chiefs fan. I do have friends of mine that are are Kansas City Chiefs fans, and they went through the the good and the bad, but this is the excellent because oh, we're watching greatness. And I'm going to appreciate it, too. We talked a little bit about this on Cap and Jay Hood this morning uh, on ESPN 1000. You can download the ESPN Chicago app and our catch our show. We talked about the appreciation of greatness. I know on social media and even just talking to friends and family, there's always like this debate on who's better, who's best, who's a goat, who's not. And I'll just tell you that this young man is special. There's some that just like to hate just because oh, well, he's not on my team, so I don't care. It's kind of how people feel about LeBron James the same way. But I got to keep in mind the greatness. I got to be able to enjoy the moments because I need to know from my from my sports fan, uh, my sports fandom, who was great. And I just think we're looking at an all-time great right here. Here's a guy there that was a three-sport athlete in high school. He played baseball, football, and basketball. He was a nice little hooper. He wasn't – I think that might have been the third of the three that he was good at. But the point is, though, is that he's a second-generation guy. His dad, uh, Pat Mahomes, was a former Cubs pitcher, uh, a pitcher in the major leagues. And so this young man, from his time at Texas Tech to where he is right now, um, has been able to capture 
the hearts and minds of a lot of fans that are like, wow, this is the standard. That's what the quarterback position is supposed to look like. And it ain't like the, the you know, drop back classic quarterback that you saw in NFL films. He does it his way and it's his system. And no matter if Eric Bieniemy is there or not, Matt Nagy's there or not, he just continues to cook. And so I, I appreciate what I see with him. Again, he's not on the, my favorite team, but I can appreciate the greatness for what it is. Oh, absolutely. And unfortunately, just even as a fan, fortunately, he isn't like on the Packers or a team like that where you, you would want to appreciate it, but you would be miserable because you know what he's doing to your team every single year. You know, you're not going to eat it all because he's going to make sure you don't have a shot. But, yeah, it's great to see a kid come into the league and from his first start just be great. Like, he hasn't missed a beat. And he's he's approaching that Brady point where you can put anything around him, he's still going to win. You know, you can put anything you want to put around him, he'll find a way to win. And when you see that level of greatness – it's fun to watch. Now, what's rare, what Brady did, that most players don't do, Brady sustained that success for 20 years to the point where Brady was like, hey, you know what? I'm 43 years old. I want to I want to switch teams. I want to switch teams and still beat that ass with, you know, uh, an entirely different, different team. You know, so, like, that is – that's what Patrick has to get for me to say he has – GOAT status over uh, over Brady, but, you know, he's well on his way. Travis Kelsey, and we got to talk about Travis Kelsey for a minute because of T-Sizzle, um, but Travis Kelsey caught 11 of his targets Sunday, his most receptions without incompletion in his career. Um, and so think about this. How great is Travis Kelsey? Because he, he has the most playoff receptions all time. He surpassed Jerry Rice. Uh, Julian Edelman had 118. Robert Gronkowski had 98. Kelsey won 156. Now, he may not be the same tight end that he once was because we saw some drops from him this year. We saw some drops from a lot of the Kansas City Chiefs. But the idea that he's got the most playoff receptions of all time, I mean, he goes right into the Hall of Fame. He's that good. Yes. Yes. They probably just skip the wait, skip the waiting period and say, hey, you know, we're just going to put you in next year. Now, I want to ask you about, about this lady here. This this uh, this lady, Taylor Swift. Now she's going to be overseas in um, uh, Super Bowl week that weekend, and she's going to make it back to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. I want to get your thoughts about her involvement. I want to ask you, what do you think is what 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 do you think is best? Do you think that she's doing a solid for the NFL or doing a solid for her music and her label? Which oh, one? It's definitely for the, It's definitely for the NFL. Because, like, she's not getting any extra fans that she that she didn't already have. Now the NFL, they're getting her fans. Her fans are watching the Chiefs and the league primarily because of her. Uh, I'll be honest. Initially, I was like, "This is fake. This can't. This isn't real." Um, she's going to make another album, you know, or a song about Travis Kelsey, and you know. It'll be over. It'll be fine. He, he, he'll have his fun, and, and that'll be it. Um, she'll just, you know, spit him out. But it's what? now that she'll just she spit what? him out, you know. Maybe, or maybe she'll swallow. I mean, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> I had such a, a good career going. 
it's all over now. <laughs> I, no. I had such a great career. And now we're talking about spit and swallow with the Kelsey. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. But it, it seems genuine now. Like she seems to genuinely care. And, and to be just being honest, for someone to I think she's in Tokyo the yeah. the night before to travel from Tokyo to Vegas to be in time for that game. You know, that's dedication. That I mean, that is right there. So kudos to her. Kudos to her and the Swifty clan. Um, you know, kudos to all of them because while they may not understand the game, you know, uh, the NFL, you know, getting more fans, you know, obviously just makes the the monopoly stronger. So, you know, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy for him. Happy for happy for the Chiefs. You know, uh, and initially, like I, like I said, I thought there was it may be an issue, but uh, she's there and. And they're winning now because early in the year I was like, look, I don't know, you know, you all are struggling. You look a little older than you than you than you did last year. Um, you know, maybe you need to find some uh, some way to do something different. And you know, maybe she is. Maybe she is getting paid for. Uh, uh, I think you know. Uh, I hope I'm saying well, let's, name. Uh, wait, let's let's read what's on the screen here because we have people that's chiming in. Ravi come up yes. says that it's a publicity stunt. That is one, and it also says she's paid under the table by the NFL. Well, I don't have a tinfoil hat, and I'm not into conspiracy theories, so neither one of those things is is not is not true. Actually, both of those things are not true. It's not a publicity stunt, and I don't think that she's paid under the, the the table of the NFL. Now, what I will say is is that yes, they're dating. Now, how far they're taking it, I don't know. But it's not for publicity, because here's why. Travis Kelsey is already a made man as NFL Hall of Famer if he stops playing after the Super Bowl. He's one of the all-time great tight ends. He doesn't need the publicity. Taylor Swift sells out uh, football stadiums. Okay, she, I mean, she's making money hand over fist. She she continues to be a pop star, so she doesn't need the publicity. So why does need, why do these two need the publicity? That's why I asked the question the way I did. I asked the question, who does this do? What is this? Who is this for? Uh, does this do more for the NFL or for pop music, country music and her brand? And I'm telling you that it's probably for the NFL because now that brings a whole group of people that usually don't watch, watch the NFL to see her. So now you have women, you have young women, you have uh, T Sizzle fans, they're not sports fans. They are watching yes. just so they can see her, not even because they understand football, they just want to see her in the box. That's what yes. they want to see. And so, I mean, that helps with the audience. That's for sure. But she's not paid on the, the table for the NFL. They don't do that. Um, C-Dub C says that um, says this. He says that it, def it, it definitely doesn't seem organic. That's for sure. Oh, so you, would, you like, would you like for them to fuck out in the 50-yard line? Would that convince you? <laughs> what? I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, seriously. Well, that, because I mean, what, that's a, that's I mean, a probably halftime show. <laughs> exactly. Well, it doesn't seem organic. I want to see penetration. No, but, I mean it. It seems. I get the. I get people being skeptical of celebrities, you know, um, and a in their public romances. But to your to your point, I kind of piggyback on your statement. She's a. I think she's a billionaire, so she's not in need of of money. She's not some. C-list, B-list celebrity. She is, she is right there 
with the Beyonce's of the world, probably surpassing the Beyonce's of the world. So she's not in need of, you know, any extra attention or any extra revenue. So I, I think she's fine on that. If, if it would help anyone, it would be Travis Kelsey. It helps him build his brand for for his post-football days, but he's still a Hall of Famer. So it's not really, you know, doing that much. It helps the NFL. It, this isn't helping her. So, and she seems, she seems genuine. And when it comes to her enthusiasm for watching him play and her dedication. So like I said, kudos to her, kudos to the Swifty clan. And, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, they stick around. Now, now here's what's, what's wild. She's like looking uh, at the TV that's in the suite and she didn't understand how come the TV is trying to find her in the suite. You're, t- you're, you're, you're Taylor Swift. Of course right. they want to be able to see you. I mean, I mean, could you imagine what that does for the, t- the NFL broadcast just to have her on TV just for a second? That's how big of a star that she is. You know, Mark Mark says that how how is it crazy to think two celebrities are d- dating? It happens all the time, right? Whether it's for business reasons or if it's for business reasons. Right. There's a reason yeah. why it happens, right? For I mean, whatever the reason. I mean, they had an embrace, they kissed, and that's great. I mean, that's cool. All I know is that all I know about Taylor Swift is it's not like I'm a big listener of her music. I just know that she breaks up and she goes through a lot of guys, you know, and she and she writes songs about them. Yes, yes, yeah. That's I mean, that's all. Yeah, I mean, you did if if you don't if you break up, you're gonna be your name or the the circumstances will be in the song. Will that happen, Travis Kelsey? I have no idea. I have no idea. Mark says, uh, does. Does anyone remember when Mahomes' brother was on the TV during every game? Yes. It's only because he's trying to get all up in the video. Come to death row. Um, yeah, so because he wanted to be uh, the, the attraction. It's like, no, you're Patrick Mahomes' asshole brother. That's who you are. Right. Because you always get yourself, get him in trouble, you know, because of stuff that you decide to do. Jackson Mahomes. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, it was, that was his name. Yeah. All of a sudden, now you don't see him anymore. So, you know, if I have my brothers, Jackson Mahomes, Taylor Swift, I don't mind seeing Taylor Swift every now and then. Now, listen, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just tell you because I don't get it. I don't I don't get it. But I understand why people like her and this whole scenario. Yeah, I, I've never. There are artists who I'm, I'm huge fans of, but I've never been to the point where I was a part of their cult. So, um, you know, kudos. I mean, like. Wait that type of dedication, like I have no issues with that at all. That like that's a de- level of dedication that I haven't reached yet. But like I love it. I love the passion. I love, love the enthusiasm, and I think it's great for entertainment. It's great, and it's, this is great for the game too. I think in a way, it's like a a great side story. Did you say cult? Is that what you said? Yes. You know that she has a cult following. It's like the Beehive. Like Beyonce has a cult following. You know, like and and they they tell you like the the Swifties. I'm a Swiftie. You know, the Beehive, I'm a part of the Beehive. I don't have, I, there's no artist or entertainer that I'm like, hey, I'm a part of whatever. No, I'm not. I'm a fan, but that's as far as it goes. Oh, you know what I meant to tell you? We're going to get to uh, Detroit and San Francisco in just a moment. And I also have Zach Levine news I want to pass along. Yes. I meant to tell you this. Um, I got tickets to see Janet Jackson. No, and the the reason why I did is because I want to see her in a big arena before she starts doing the casinos. 
Okay. So I just, I just before she, before she start doing the the horseshoe casino or something like, I wanted to see her in a big arena. So I think that's gonna be dope. I never saw her in comps. No, that's it's been a, it's been since I was a kid. Last time I saw Janet Jackson, it was the eighties. I've, I've I've never seen her in concert, but I've seen like video of her. You know, she had a she could have had a career artist. What are you saying there? What do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah. What do you, what do you, what she's do you uh, she's a she's a quality dancer. You know, she's a very she's a quality dancer. Uh huh. Yes. How about yes. the vocals? Um, you know, those are great too. Oh my! The God. entire package works. The yeah, of package course. Works. Of course. Yes. Penny, she gets it done. Absolutely. Yes. 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 Just, she gets. <laughs> just, just avoid that iron right there. Just avoid that iron. You know. <laughs> I think that she's. I, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be in June, I think. I also do believe, by the way, in going out of town for for concerts. It just happens she's going to be at the United Center. I was okay. going to. I was going to go to California to see her in Los Angeles, um, but I. But and that still could happen too. We'll see how much uh, vacation time I can accumulate because I'm going to work all the holidays. I'm going to get comp days up the ass. Uh, I've decided because oh, this year this is the, the year of the comp day. <laughs> They're going to be like, "Where's Hood? He's been off for three weeks." I'm just stacking up all the comp days. <laughs> Doctor King Day, Memorial <laughs> Day, Juneteenth, July Fourth. I'm going to work all the. I'm going to be like Colin Coward. I'm going to work all the holidays right and just build up like the the comp days and just be off forever. You know, all summer. I sit that around watching sit around here watching this Bears nonsense. Um but anyway, so I meant to tell you that. So are you gonna go to any concerts this uh this spring or summer? Right now, um there's none on my radar at all. Um none yeah, there's none take. on my radar. There's a we have to see, you know, we'll, we'll see, but there's none on oh right right now. This is so ridiculous. You and your nonsense. All right. Well, we move on now. In other words, folks, let me just I speak uh, cousin Wiley. He doesn't know who he wants to take yet. So so that, <laughs> that's what that's all about. Uh, put your comments in, by the way, and we'll read your comments as we move along on Facebook as well as YouTube. And on Twitch for the Under the Hood with John the Hood podcast. And again, you can catch the audio version, probably better. Uh, catch the audio version uh, available wherever you get your podcast. Look for Under the Hood with John the Hood. Hit that subscribe button and boom, you're right in. How about my man Dan Campbell or Man Campbell? Let's talk about Man Campbell and the Detroit Lions. The San Francisco 49ers defeat the Lions by a score of 34 to 31, Cuzzo. And in this game, this was a game that Detroit had won. It was 24-7 at the half. 24-7, Detroit had the lead, and they gave up 17 unanswered points. Another 10 in the fourth quarter, and San Francisco wins 34-31. However, it's just not that easy. Let me start off first with something that's not talked about enough, and that is what happened to Detroit's defense. Let's start there first, like right? I mean, because so – they relinquished 17 points in the third quarter. You're up 24 to 7. You're on the road. And they looked good. Jared Goff was very good. You know, getting the ball down the field. Uh, they ran the football effectively, yeah, connecting to Laporta and James and uh, Jameson Williams. 
uh, and uh, David Montgomery and St. Brown. They were doing fine, and all of a sudden, they the, the they collapsed seventeen points. That Detroit only scored seven points in the second half. We have numbers and stats to break down, but I'll start there. Like they choked the hell out of that game. They choked it away. Detroit so back back to back home games on and, and for the playoffs they win. They go on the road. They continue their momentum for the previous two games, and they lose thirty four thirty one. So defensively, defensively, I think they gave twenty seven straight points before they uh, before the uh, before the Lions finally stopped the bleeding on on offense. I think Aaron Glenn just dropped the ball in the second half. You know, I, I think for whatever reason, and and it's just not to take any credit away from Brock Purdy and and the, and the 49ers offense. But when you have a team down 17, you know, you got to go for the kill. And mm-hmm. and they didn't. They they allowed Brock Purdy to, you know, stick around for long enough. Well, he, he started gaining confidence. He started gaining confidence as a passer and as a runner. And as he was building confidence, you could see the Lions is going to do the Detroit thing. Detroit thing. They're going, they, they're going to go full Detroit in this. NFC Championship game and somehow find a way to to blow it and and I enjoyed it because I'm a NFC North uh, Bears fan so I enjoyed the misery of the the Lions in that game but it was I think it's easy to point to the offense and say oh you should should have done this should have done that you gotta get a stop defense you have to stop someone you have and it, it isn't that the defense doesn't like doesn't have talent they have a lot of talent. It just it just didn't show up in the second half, and that cost them the game. If they keep the 49ers out of the end zone once or twice, we'll just hold them to to a field goal. It's a different ball game. They but the 49ers just in front pretty much just marching up and down the field at will, scoring touchdowns. And when you give up 27 points in almost 300 yards, or I think over 300 yards in one half, you're not going to win many games. You're not going to win. Definitely a playoff game, and I think that was that was the difference right there. Was that the, the defense, Aaron Aaron Glenn's defense, couldn't get a stop. So he went from probably being a head coach this year to definitely being back on the sideline for Detroit next next uh, fall. So yeah, and so okay, so now we get to what everyone's talking about. But I just want to point that out first because it's missed that the Lions found a way to lose that game because the defense let up. That's one thing. But this man here is a riverboat gambler. And so for – where's my yellow pad? Where's my pad? I, I'm just going to go from memory because I wrote it down this morning on Cap and J. Hood. I, I believe – and please don't uh, hold me to this. I believe it's 36% of the time on fourth down, Detroit goes for it, and they're successful. But, yes. here, but here's the thing, though. When keeping it real goes wrong – when you can't get that fourth down play, what happens then? See, it, it's one thing to admire Dan Campbell and say, oh, man, they're just so aggressive, and I like how they always go for it. Okay, that's great. But why is it that in the first half, you know, in the first half and the second half, why didn't they just take the points? I, I just think that when you're up, Cuzzo, you got to continue to add on because you don't know if there's going to be a comeback. The, the, the field goals they refused to go for and then missing on fourth down came back to bite them. 
It's as simple as so, that. Like what you, you know what you're missing in that game? At least three points because you lost 34-31 because you were aggressive. And I'm saying like, okay, this is what you've always done. But can I just tell you, you cannot be that inflexible as a head coach. You can't just be like, you know what? I'm at the blackjack table and I'm just going to go all in every time, all in every time, because you're not going to win every time. Just like Detroit did not win on Sunday night. So I, I, I heard, I, was, I listen to the show pretty much every morning. Um, and I was listening this morning as well. Um, and I was assume sports talk throughout the day. I disagree though. Like I disagree with that, with the thinking about what, uh, what Campbell did during the game. Um, I don't think that was the mistake. So you have a kicker. I, I believe the kicker name is Bagley or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like 50% kicking field goals from 45 plus. Like that's a, that's a, one. He shouldn't be your kicker if he can't make a, a 40 plus yard field goal. He probably shouldn't be on your team. But he's shitty when it comes to kicking 40 yard field goals. And both of those field goals, I think it was like one was like 44, the other one was like 47. So he pretty much has he has a 50 percent chance of making both of those. Could have easily missed both. So for me watching the game, I wasn't mad at Campbell. If I was lying, I wouldn't mad at him for going for it because he didn't, they didn't call like uh, Luke Getty like plays. We like what the fuck was that? Like how do you call that play on fourth down? No, the plays were perfect. They had Josh Reynolds hit and the ball hit him in his hands both times, and he drops it. Yeah, he drops it. So this isn't a case of a Luke Getty play fucking your team over. This is a case of you dialing up the perfect play, you finding a wide open receiver. You're putting the ball in his hands, and on back-to-back fourth downs, he drops the ball. So maybe you could say on the second fourth down, after he drops the first one, maybe you don't go to him on the second time. Maybe that could be the argument. But the play calling wasn't the issue. It was the execution by a receiver. Your job is to catch the ball. You're wide open. The ball is thrown perfectly. Catch the fucking ball. Catch the ball. The team has a shot at winning the game. So Campbell talked about getting to 30 points first. That was whoever got to 31st will win the game. So they were at like, it was 24-27, I believe, at, at that point when he, the last time he went for it on fourth down. 24-27. It was like a 47-yard field goal. He could kick, tie the game up. So I understand the thinking of, okay, we want to get to 30 points first. We get to 31st, we grab the momentum back, maybe we can win this game. Go for it on fourth down. Easy play. Josh Reynolds. Golf makes a perfect pass. He's wide open. He drops it again. So as, as a fan, I can't blame Dan Campbell for that. Because That's fair. just as Josh, just as Josh Reynolds, just as he Josh Reynolds dropped the ball, the kicker who can't make 40-yard field goals could have missed the field goal. And then we would have been, we would be saying, why would why would Dan Campbell go for the field goal when he never goes for field goals on fourth down? Why did he get scared to stay true to himself? In a big moment, because that's what happens a lot of times in big moments. People get tight. They they change their mo. His mo is be aggressive. Be those aggressive. Are all, because because those are still football plays, though. I'm not criticizing Dan Campbell on this podcast if he goes for a field goal because you know why? Because if you when you're inflexible like that, you say, well, fourth and two, fourth and four, fourth and six. I'm just going to keep going for it. Okay, at some point that's going to dry up. You know, I know I watch Brandon Staley 
with the Chargers. He's out of a job right now because he always went for it on fourth down. And even though Justin Herbert's a good quarterback, at some point a defense is going to hit you in the mouth and be like, okay, we're not today. And so not and so you are correct when it comes to those plays from uh Josh Reynolds. You are correct when you talk about uh, when we talk about Jameer Gibbs fumbling the football when that should have been Montgomery's carry. Why do you throw it run run it right into the line with Jameer Gibbs? Kind of a, a different back than Montgomery. Montgomery more like a fullback. That's a fullback play. And because they yes. don't have a fullback on the roster, Montgomery's bigger than Gibbs. Montgomery would have been shorthanded and be able to get you that first down or whatever you're looking for in that spot. And 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 would be able to um to hold on to the football. Jameer Gibbs, the rookie, gave it up. There's certain plays yeah. that happened that was uncharacteristic of the Lions. That is for sure. And here's the truth, Hood. Like, I I assumed, and, and I have to give him credit because I assumed that the Lions would lose because Jared Goff was going to suck. That's what I thought. I said the Lions want to lose because Jared Goff is going to be Jared Goff. In a big moment, he's going to make some huge mistakes, and they're going to lose the game. He was great. He was he, fine. He executed the offense. That's he a top 10 quarterback offense. now. That's a top 10 quarterback he now is. in the league. I, yeah. I, I can't take anything away from him now. Like, I, I was I was like, I didn't trust him at all. Like, I would criticize him as any chance I got. But he played really well. He made the, the plays he was supposed to make. He made the passes he was supposed to make. So when Josh Reynolds drops the ball, I can't say, you know what, Jared Goff, you got to be, be better. No, you were – you did what you were supposed to do. You you found the open man. You found the open man. You, you put the ball in his hands. He gets paid to catch the ball. He did not catch the ball. So it, it was the it was the Lions thing to do. Like, like we know, like there's just some snake bitten teams where when it matters most, they're gonna find a way to lose the game. And the Lions found a way to beat the Lions at the worst possible time. You know, and it sucks for the organization and it sucks for the fans. But, you know, as a Bears fan, you know, I was I was laughing. I was I was laughing and clapping the entire time. I was like, <laughs> I knew it was what happened. I didn't well they were up 17. I was like, oh, I text you was like I think I text you and said something um to the effect of, you know, this is this is surprising right here. I didn't expect this, but at the end I was like, yep. That's the Lions team I know. That's the Lions team I've, I've watched my entire life. Yes. They went to bed. You, you, and you had to wait all the way to the championship game to see it, though, right? You had yeah. to wait. You, you thought that the Lions would fuck it up, but they didn't do it until the end. And so I give them credit, okay, because they did more than the Bears did this year. Despite yeah, the loss, the Lions still they were the, had a first division title since 1993. The first playoff win since 1991, the first conference championship appearance since 1991, and second overall. So I'll give them credit for that. But here's where where the realism comes in. Because, oh, Dan Campbell after the game with his big red nose. You know he's mad when the nose is like beat red like Santa Claus, right? Like Rudolph. Yeah, because when, he, when he's mad, that nose is red. You're like, is he drunk? No, he just pissed. So he was there at the podium. And he said, guys, he goes, I told the team afterwards, I said, who knows if we'll be back here next year? That's real. That's almost like sports talk, right? He's like, I, who knows? we're Because he does. He said, I don't care who we draft or who we have in free agency. So, it, you know, in these situations, you have to be able to capture the moment. And yeah. we didn't get the moment. He goes, 
you know, I don't know that we'll be back here again. Now, my prediction is, is that they will be in the playoffs next year because, again, the Bears need to do some retooling. They still need to add more. Green Bay, I expect them to be in the playoffs. But Detroit will be there. But will they be in the conference championship? Not so sure about that. And I think one of the major reasons is that Ben Johnson is taking the Washington Commanders job. Now, now yeah. Ben Johnson is the flavor of the month offensive coordinator. He's done a great job with the Lions, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. When he wait until he goes to Washington, see how great a job he does. Okay, he doesn't have Jared Goff and doesn't have Montgomery and Gibbs and have Laporta and St. Brown. It's a different deal right. in Washington. But but the whole point of that is is that there's always change in the NFL. And with Johnson gone, they had to find a new OC. They still have some of the players from uh, this year on the team next year. But I think that Campbell, the most truthful thing he said was, "I have no idea if we'll be here next year." It was hard to get to where we are. He goes, everyone's going to be gunning for us. They got a first-place schedule uh, coming up next year. We'll see. And as a, as a fan, I think as a fan, you know, uh, you appreciate his level of meatballism. You know, like, that. it's refreshing in today's NFL where everyone is, you know, um, so button up in sure. the way they they approach the game, you know. It's it was refreshing to get a guy, you know, who's talking about like biting ankles and shit, you know, and 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 the team rallied around him because of his approach. He's he seemed like a genuine guy, you know, and, and a quality coach. Uh, but to his point, you're right. Like you you don't know if you're gonna get back because what gives you a shot at getting back is when you have a Mahomes. You can usually like puzzle yourself in when you have one of those guys, but there's only one of those in the league right now. So you can't pencil yourself into anything, you know. So when you have a shot of a shot at winning a Super Bowl or even making it to Super Bowl, you have to, you know, you, you have to grab it by the grab it by the balls and, and hold one tight. And I'm they glad didn't. you said I'm glad you said balls there, Billy Bush. I'm glad you said grab by the balls. I was very concerned. Yeah. There. I'm not sure what you're gonna say. There. I wasn't sure what you were gonna say there. Be careful now. This is election year. Um yeah. so um the Lions have they, lost. They'll let 12. you do it. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I was that's what I was told. That's what I heard. The uh the Lions have lost 12 straight uh road playoff games, the longest road losing streak in postseason history. We want to before we talk about the Bulls briefly. I just want to give San Francisco all the credit in the world because how they were able to stick with it. They could have easily just fold the tent twenty four seven down and come back and win the game thirty four thirty one. Brock Purdy is not great, but Brock Purdy knows how to put the ball where it needs to be in tight situations. We saw this in back to back playoff games. Um, the eighth quarterback to start a Super Bowl within the first two years of the league, and the first since Joe Burrow. I think that he's fine for the system he has. Again, he struggled mightily in that first half and took a lot of sacks, but he's still learning on the job. That system that San Francisco has is quarterback friendly. He's able to, and thank, you know, for his sake, he's got Debo Samuel. He's got Ayuk. He's got McCaffrey, you know, so he's uh, Kuzcek. So he's got weapons. I just want to give them a shout out because McCaffrey, two touchdowns for the 49ers. Fourth player in NFL history to score a touchdown in each of the first six uh, playoff games. He walks with Damian Williams, Marcus Allen, and Terrell Davis. Uh, and so, I mean, the 49ers come in there with some momentum because they had to come from behind in a, from a big deficit and win. So 
Um, and they ran the football effectively with McCaffrey. So I, I just thought in the big moments, San Francisco came up in the second half. They always say there's no adjustments. There was an adjustment from one half to the other, and you could see it in the game. You could. But to your point, I want to touch on something with Purdy real quick before we move yeah. on to uh, the Bulls. I think a lot of times we get so caught up in in talent, like who has the most talent and whatever. I look at guys, I'll give you an example of two guys. If you told me I, I could pick one guy to win one game between Justin Herbert and Brock Purdy, I'm going to take Brock Purdy every day of the week. Not because Brock Purdy is more talented than Justin Herbert, but when the pressure is on, the moment is never too big for Brock Purdy. When the pressure is on, you see sweaty Justin Herbert fold every single chance he gets. You know, so when, when talent-wise, Herbert is a, a far better quarterback when it comes to talent than, than a Brock Purdy. But when it matters most, Brock Purdy seems to be reliable. We saw we saw him even during the season this year uh, against the Browns, marching team down the field, even though Moody missed the field goal playoffs against the against the Packers and then overcoming a deficit yesterday he wasn't the moment wasn't too big for him and that matters when you're trying to win championships so while he may not be as talented as a lot of quarterbacks in the league you know he's a gamer and sometimes having a gamer on your team with the right system and the right players around them that works so yeah I would take a Brock Purdy for one game if it if it mattered over a Justin Herbert every day of the week. All right. Um, see your comments, by the way. Uh, continue with your comments because we're going to be closing up shop pretty soon here. We're over an hour, so we're over the time limit because of Wiley, as always. Um, Mark says Lions are going to lion, and uh, Campbell need to take the points. And so some thoughts there. Um, so let us move on to the Chicago Bulls, shall we? That's how we'll, we'll uh, the wrap up the podcast. Let's talk about the Chicago Bulls. So, Cuzzo, um, I should just read from my phone. How about that? First of all, let me take sure. Mark's uh, let me take Mark's uh, thoughts down so we can have a clean. Uh, I need a, I need an intern. <laughs> I need to take. Hold on a second. I gotta take this down. This. Uh... Anyway. Let me just go over here. I want to I want to take Mark's thoughts down. It's gonna stay there forever. It's gonna stay there for the next five weeks unless I can take it down. Uh his his uh his thoughts. Anyway, oh, I know what I need to do. Let me just click this. And then boom, just like that. You see what I did there? I'm wow. so handy with this stuff, yeah. Now all those those can TV classes really paid off. <laughs> um so let me uh, go to my text messages here, and I'll tell you what I learned over the weekend about the Bulls. So Zach Levine, you would say that Zach Levine probably should be traded from the Bulls, correct? Yes. From an insider, from an insider, somebody said that's close to uh, the league that knows these things says that, there's only one logical option for the Chicago Bulls, and that is uh, the Detroit Pistons. Okay. That based on the money, there's no trade market for Zach Levine. That's why he's not gone yet. 
there's nearly no trademark for Zach Levine. And I know that sounds crazy, right? You think when healthy, Zach Levine can give you 24 points a game, you know, and can be a real threat offensively for any team. There's no trademark sure. for Zach, Le- Zach Levine outside of Detroit. Depends if Chicago just wants to clear money. And so, and I said, and my response to this person was, will the Lakers be interested? And this person said that the money does not does not work with the Lakers and the Bulls. Okay, so, Cuzzo, Detroit. It's funny because on, a, on the Under the Hood podcast, if you subscribe, you've heard me do the basketball podcast, the basketball version of this podcast. And there was speculation that the Bulls could be interested in trading Zach to Detroit. And you say, well, what are you getting back? Well, you're not getting Kate Cunningham back. Right. Okay, you're yeah. not getting the front line guys. You're getting the guys in the middle. Um, and so if you're just trying to k- clear money, the Bulls could do that. And it, once the Bulls do trade Zach Levine, that'll be the first sign of a rebuild or a tank. And that's the, it's a really shitty time to do that because the upcoming draft is not great. There's always a dominant interrupt in the draft, Kuzo, but there is no win Benyama in this draft. That's my point. Right. So what do you think of that? Like Bulls trading Zach Levine. And I want to make sure it's clear again for our new listeners and viewers. I do not dislike Zach Levine. Zach Levine is not the reason why the Bulls are in the position they're in. He's not the reason. It's the Bulls brass. It's it's Art Carney and Mark Eversley. They're the reason why they're in this position because you do not add on. You're not crafty enough to be able to get, you know, get draft picks or to be able to make a, a couple of deals to add on. They just tacked on a couple of veterans and said, we're going to go with continuity. That It's on them. They're stuck because they just had to pay Zach. That's fine. But it's more than Lonzo Ball's injury. It's all I'm going to cut off all the excuses. It's not about that. It's about the Bulls not having enough wherewithal to figure out a way out of this, to either tank or make the team better. So I agree with you. I, I think it is the, the Bulls brass, even though I can't really blame Eversley because I, I, I've never heard him speak. I, he's like in a witness protection program um, or something like that, but uh, I'm sure he's – helping to run an organization in some way. But <clears throat> when it comes to Zach Levine, like I was optimistic when he, when he got here from the, uh, from the Kings, I was optimistic that he was going to, I mean, great athlete, you know, uh, skilled score that he would put it all together. He did. He was, he was an all-star, you know, but I thought he would take another step to become, you know, like a superstar player. But, and then, the, this may be unfair. You may think this is unfair, but the more I look at him now, I see him as it's just an athletic Ron Mercer. You know, uh, a guy that when your team sucks, he's he, he's there to put the ball in the basket, um, and he may put some asses in seats because of some of his splash plays. But he's not a guy who's going to help you win championships. He can be a third or fourth guy on a championship team but he cannot be a number one and number two on a championship team. And when you have a team with um, a dinosaur like DeRozan and, and a guy like uh, Zach Levine who can't stay healthy or be a one or two, you're going to be in basketball hell. So I think, you know, as, as much as it pains me to say, 
the best option is probably to unload everything and build around Kobe White. You know, like that that sounds insane. Like I never thought I would ever say in my life, you know, hey, you should build a team around Kobe White. Um no. but that seems to be the best option right now. Well seems then, to be the best well, option. It, well then you're on your way to being Detroit then then Miami or Indiana. I'm just because that's not I mean he's a nice player. The the whole the top end of the roster are a bunch of third and fourth options on good teams. Right. That's who they yeah. are. But what what I'm saying build I mean as in rebuild. So when you're looking, you have no, you have Patrick Williams had to become, he's still the same guy, you know, all the talent in the world, but you know, he needs a heart transplant. So when you have a roster like that, how do you find a superstar? You find a superstar by losing. And that sounds crazy, but the only way to lose is, is consistently is for Kobe white to be your, your alpha and you build around him. And what's crazy, when you look at the talent on the Bulls team right now, from DeRozan to Levine uh, to Vooch, the guy you're going to get the most from in trade is Caruso. That's The guy you're going to get the most in trade for is Caruso. Like, just think of that. Like, he's going to get you the best return in the trade, and he is really a third or fourth guy on the Bulls team. You know, that's it's crazy. But, like, he has the most value because of his intangibles. So, yeah, it, it sounds crazy. I, mean, I guess getting something back in the Pistons is best to, better than, you know, taking back Gordon Haywood's contract to Zach Levine. You yeah. know, like, just, like, that's insane when you're like, hey, well, you maybe have to get Gordon Haywood's contract for Zach Levine. What the fuck? Gordon <laughs> Haywood, <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's, it's ankles and legs are ready to, to splinter, like, any second now. Like, that's the best we can do. No draft picks, just Gordon Haywood. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so this, that's what it is. So when it comes to the Pistons, the Pistons are not going to trade Cade Cunningham or Bogdanovich or even Jay Nivey. It's got it's going to be guys in the middle and it's going to be salary dumps. That's what can, it is. Can we squeeze in a what? Can we squeeze in Wiseman? Can we like maybe, you know, uh, pray that he gets a post? While while he's here or something like, can we like you, you need some lottery ticket, you know something something to give you hope, you know, so you can say, hey, you know what, they threw in Wiseman, so maybe this kid who was the second pick in the draft, you know, uh, can can finally figure it out. He went from a championship team with the Warriors to you know the Pistons, and he is, you know, uh, he he's still struggling to even you know stay on an NBA roster. So at least he's still will be some, like, a lottery ticket, you know, so something to give you hope. There's nothing. Like, there's, you, you have to get something better than that for Levine. And and I know you're looking to retool, but in some ways you say, if, if the best I can do is a salary dump. Maybe it's better. Maybe I'm better off holding on to Zach Levine and just struggling along for the next few years. You're not going any, anywhere with him. You're not going anywhere without him. Yeah. It's just what it is just what it is. So that's the latest is that don't be surprised if that's the if they're gonna make a deal that the Pistons, based on the money, would be the ball club. So you heard it here first. That's good info. That's with good info. uh I mean that's the, the the intel I was working on while I was in Nashville. Now I probably won't be in that same intel when I go to Evansville, Indiana tomorrow. Uh don't know if the Wi-Fi or the phone works <laughs> in Evansville, but that's where that's where I'm going. 
Ah, Evansville. UIC against Evansville. I'm having a fun time, though. No complaints. It's just, you know, it's just that, you know, I wish I spent more time in Nashville. Even right. <laughs> it would have been nice. It's a nice city, man. It's a nice city. Maybe maybe I will go back there later on this year. Um, but it was kind of cool. The infrastructure is so it's it's building so quickly, Wiley. It's like yeah. everywhere you look, building up um, homes, businesses. It's crazy. And Taylor Swift don't even live there anymore. You can see where she used to work, you know, as far as the, the where she re- used to record. But that city yeah. is moving so fast. It's crazy. That whole town is just moving quickly. Um, and they want to have a baseball team one day. Maybe it's the White Sox. Yeah. Jerry's down at scouting right now. <laughs> you know what? Next show, because we're running out of time. Next show, I wanna, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the area that the Sox are thinking about moving into on – the Clark and Roosevelt. Yeah. I think in that area, we're going to talk about that. We'll do the show from there. As a matter of fact, we'll broadcast live from there and, <laughs> and just talk about the, uh, the area where the Sox could be. All right. Is, is Rocky, is he on punishment or will he be able to come up and uh, say goodbye as he always does? Rocky. Look, he's off punishment. Look at that. He's off punishment. Look at that. Sit, Rocky, sit, sit, that is the sit, sit, that is the show sit, mascot. Sit, 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 sit. Now you see, folks, what's happening here is that Cuzzo has no control over his animal, no control over uh, his dog. It's really amazing. What's that? Stay, stay. Yeah, see, he's stay. just he's still. You see that? He's still right now trying to get his dog to just stay. Okay, just for a second, and then he's going to just go off. Rocky! Rocky! <laughs> Look at that. Some discipline. Just for the moment, though. Just for the moment. See? He's gone back to baby. Look at that. He's, now he's all over the place. Still looking. What's wrong? You know, you, you, you know your, your dog reminds me of? Stevie Wonder. It's always moving his head around. <laughs> he's, he's looking for my hands. Yeah. I, I won't give him my hands. Oh, please don't do Sit. that. Please. Sit. Uh, last few comments before we're out of here for the week. Um, Good. Stay. Hold on a second. Uh, Mark says, why kill the show with White Sox talk? I'm not (laughs) killing the show with White Sox talk. Not yet, but we will talk about the possibility of them moving. That'll be next week's show. Uh, as a White Sox fan, I have no, and we're, we're, that's another thing. Wiley and I are White Sox fans. And by the way, Cuzzo, it's going to be great. We're going to have our own section this season, not our own seats, our own section. <laughs> oh, section. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great, man. That's that's great when you when you're uh, that's that's great to have a, your own section when you're uh, 120 lost team. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. We have our own section, our own Miller Lite guy, our own Lemon Chill. Oh. That's gonna be we, great. We have to, we have to, we have to bring our, our Royals gear to the game because you know we're the we're the Royals farm system, so oh, we got to bring our, our Royals gear to the game. What a mess! Uh, Eric Collins uh, reminds uh, reminds me that Evansville, Indiana, the home of Detective Harris, on Barney Miller, Ron Glass. Are you too young to remember Barney Miller? Did you watch that? Of course not. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> He's from Evansville. So yeah, I'll be there tomorrow. Um, 
getting ready for UIC in Evansville. Uh, UIC needs a victory. Hopefully they'll get one. All right, for Rocky and for Cuzzo Wiley, this is Jay Hood. Don't forget, check out Cap and Jay Hood weekday morning, 7 to 10 on ESPN 1000. And also make sure you download the ESPN Chicago app and the Under the Hood podcast. If you haven't done so, you're watching the show. Down, if you're a podcast listener, download the uh, the um, Spotify or iTunes, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Look for Under the Hood with John the Hood right there. We'll talk to you next week. So long, everybody. So long, Rocky. Oh, boy. Shaking his head up. Just wild. Wild. The master has no, has no say. Jeez. <laughs>